Hello, Four Sober Chicks podcast listeners. We are Heather, Meredith, Dana, and Tracy, four women recovering out loud. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women. Well, hello, Four Sober Chicks world. This is Meredith, um, and today we actually have a really special guest. We have Lindsay Bull, who is with She Walks Canada. Um, I'm just going to do a quick intro and then we're going to jump into it. So Lindsay is a force for positive change as the founder of She Walks Canada, a movement to engage and empower sober and sober curious women changing their relationship with alcohol. In its first year, the movement impacted over 700 women transitioning away from alcohol. And as a community, they met and exceeded their cross-country walking goal of four, 45, 45 miles. So over 4,500 miles, threefold. The 2023 walk around the globe inviting women everywhere begins March 7th of 2023. Hence why we're here. We're really wanting to push this out. So, um, but not only that, Lindsay continues to wield her knowledge and expertise on sober living initiatives and women issues to increase awareness in the media. She's been featured across numerous print outlets, as well as major networks, leading conversations that impact women everywhere. So Lindsay, thank you for coming on. We are so happy to have you. It's my pleasure. Um, and we cannot, first off, I want to partake in your March challenge. I think that that's going to be absolutely amazing. So take it away. Yeah. So the, she walks Canada. So, um, when I was, uh, trying to get sober, uh, which for me, it took seven hardcore attempts before it stuck. Um, what was different uh, this time uh, was that there were two things. Uh, I had started to find, I say this in the, I say this honestly, strangers, but I, I don't mean strangers. They're just new women to me. So women that I didn't know um, who were going on this journey as well, um, because I found that I couldn't, I couldn't talk to any of my friends already in my family about this because there was so much shame and guilt blah, blah, blah. but I could sure talk to strangers who were going through the same thing and so uh so what made the difference for me this time was that I got a I found women that were going through the same journey but then I also started to walk every day and so the longer I stayed sober the stronger those connections with women became the longer I could walk and the more being sober felt good because it took a while for, for everything to kind of settle, you know, and so that uh, so she walks Canada is really a reflection of what worked for me through my journey to overcome over drinking. And in our first year, we set the goal to walk across Canada. And as an organization, I said, oh, my goodness, how the heck are we going to meet this goal? We're totally unknown. Nobody knows who we are. How are we going to get people to walk with us? And then uh, not only did we hit that goal once, we hit it three times. And then we were able to help 700 women in the process. And so this year, as we were figuring out, well, how can we build on that success from last year? Um, there, We have also been quite aware that this sober lifestyle movement is really growing globally. And we thought, it, let's just... Let's just call it what it is. This is a woman's issue globally. And uh, let's invite the world to participate in our collection of women <laughs> that are strangers to each other, that become very strong connections. Uh, that and let's walk around the globe together. So it's 40,000 
70 kilometers actually that we're attempting to do in three months starts March 6th to June 17th. That's absolutely amazing. I'm super excited for that. Um, <laughs> so let's hear about you kind of give us your background on kind of where you used to be kind of how you got sober, like the whole nine. Yeah. So I think like, I think like many of us really, I mean, my story isn't that unique in the sense that I, uh, I lived for many years, uh, waking up with the same experience, uh, the 3am shame game. Uh, I hate myself. I, um, am I, these, okay. So the, this is the things I would say to myself. <laughs> I hate myself. How did I end up here again? I said, I wasn't going to drink last night. Um, I'm underperforming in every avenue of my life. Um, this is the sixth time I've tried to get sober. Nothing seems to stick. I don't want to live a life without booze. What am I going to do? Stay at home and, and be by myself? Booze is how I socialize. This is how we connect. This is, I mean, like if I were to stop drinking, how am I going to go on a vacation with my husband? How am I going to go out on Friday night with my, la, 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 right? So all of that. And so, but what was actually happening is I also thought I was owed some kind of great life. And it wasn't happening for me. And I was at that point referring to myself as a has been that never was. And I thought, this isn't, this isn't what I want for my life. And I distinctly remember one morning, my, I don't know how she was at the time, but my daughter, she was walking age. So whatever, whatever, like just kind of walking age. And I remember I said to her, uh, Lucy, get your, get your sipping on. You need to have some water. And then she went and reached up as high as she could possibly reach because my wine glass was on the piano. She went and she got my glass of red wine, brought it over to me. And she says, actually, mommy, you need your sippy. Boom. And I didn't stop drinking then. And then there was another night, August 9th. See, I remember, the date. I remember what I was wearing. August 9th, 2019, uh, I had a night off off from motherhood we had a we had child care and um I was supposed to be going on a business dinner with a, a colleague and we we're going to go to the steakhouse you know we we're going to go on a fancy night. anyways he canceled and so here I was um with a babysitter husband wasn't available um and at that time the only friends I really had to be completely honest that were living in my city were drinking buddies and you know I it was late I didn't want to call them and I went to the place where my husband and I were married, a restaurant, and I got completely blitzed by myself at the bar, where, of course, you make friends at the bar with, yeah. So I did that, and I don't remember how much I drank, but I I think it was nine, nine drinks in like, I don't know, hour and a half. Like, it was short. It was short. And then I went home, and I was a horrible human being to my husband. I think everybody who has been in any kind of long-term marriage or any kind of long-term relationship knows that our partners really bug us. <laughs> that happens. But what came flying out of my mouth that night was so beyond acceptable, not acceptable, so beyond not acceptable. And sure, there was a grain of truth in there somewhere, but the only reason I behaved like that was because I was completely drunk. It was so bad that I thought that our marriage was going to be over the next day. Because, of course, when you wake up at 3 a.m. shame game, hating yourself, add any kind of event to that, you know, and it's that times like a million. And I thought my marriage was going to be over. And I still didn't stop drinking. And I said to myself, I know that happened because I was drunk. 
it is time to stop. And within 36 hours, I was back at the liquor store and I bought two bottles. So I didn't have what a lot of people would textbook call a, a rock bottom. Like I, I always said to myself that I didn't have a really big drinking problem because I didn't get a DUI. This is also one of the crazy things that I said to myself, you know. Um, but so I that didn't happen to me, but I lost a lot of things as a result of my drinking. I lost friendships. I lost jobs. I lost opportunities. Um, and there, there's probably a bunch of other things that I don't even know about that I lost. And I just woke up one morning on January 24th, 2020, after a pretty average night out with a drinking friend, um, you know, where I got up in the morning, made sure I had my keys because, of course, I wasn't sure how I got home and made sure I paid my bill. Yeah, OK, I paid my bill and all the other things that you do. And um, and I walked down with a terrible hangover in the morning to my kitchen. And I'll never forget it. I, I, I looked at this. Everything in my kitchen was the same. Nothing was different. And I looked at this teacup and I said, I hate that teacup. And I looked around and I saw the tea towel. I hate that tea towel. I saw the coffee machine. I hate that coffee machine. And I realized that everything that was coming out of my mouth was, I hate this. I hate everything in here. I, I hate it. And then I said, but I put it there. And then I had a moment. If I could put it there, I can unput it there I never drank again that's really powerful and I think it's we talk all the time if someone someone doesn't have to hit rock bottom in order to seriously assess their relationship with alcohol and I think that that is so big because I don't I mean, I, if I didn't have to, cause I, I hit rock bottom hands down, but like, I don't want other people to have to get to that point, mm -hmm. you know? And so if I knew that there were people out there who were like, Hey, if you have that question, that random question that just floats in your brain of all those moments where you have the shame game, you have, you're so mad at yourself, like the whole nine, like lean into that just a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. instead of constantly trying to just shove that off, shove that off, um, that is one of the biggest things that I think we're taught. I was taught at a young age is that if you had a drinking problem, you had to hit rock bottom. Um, and and I really want to emphasize that that it doesn't need to be the case. But even you know your story, I find it funny. Your story is probably more relatable than someone who hits mm -hmm. insane rock bottom mm -hmm. across the globe is there's those people, those women who are like, same thing, 3am game, you know, they're up being like, why did I do that? Like, that is so common, so common. And that is why we're here is because we want to get that out. We want people to know, Hey, if this, if this resonates with you sit with that for a minute, you know, mm -hmm. and, and really try to evaluate where you're at, but you took your experience and you turned it into a movement, which I think is so amazing. Cause when we had talked earlier, that was your go-to was walking, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really was. As I said, it was finding women who were unknown to me that were also 
going along the same journey, number one. So finding the connection, because we all know that addiction is often the, the opposite of connection. So finding other women to talk to that I didn't have to explain myself to, who just got it where I didn't feel judged, you know, and all the other things. So so it was that, but but absolutely it was this it was this idea of walking. And I remember January 24th, 2020, I went for my first walk and I walked two kilometers, which is like less or like right around a mile, like a little less than a mile. And I thought I was a rock star. I'm like, oh my God, I've never walked so far in my life. I feel so healthy. I feel so full of life. You know, it's like, it's okay. And so, but as, as you know, the journey through my first year went on, I was able to walk further and farther. And so when it came time to celebrate the one year um, soberversary that so many of us celebrate, I didn't want to have a, like a unicorn cake. I didn't want to eat calories because I had lost so much weight, right? Because <laughs> I was feeling so great. I felt so strong. I was living this healthy lifestyle. And so, so I decided, well, what am I? It's funny. I'm just looking at the picture of it right now. I'm in my studio. Um, I uh, so how am I going to mark this great 365 days? And I said, okay, 365, 366, 36.5. I'll go for a 36 and a half kilometer walk, which is um, between a marathon and a half marathon in distance. I'm like, I, I got to do that. And so I thought, well, how? What are the markers? Of, what What are the markers of my route going to be? And so. I, I got the addresses of my six girlfriends that uh, stood up and supported me. I was very private in my journey, but the six women who got up and supported me that year, and I plugged all of their uh, email addresses into Google Maps, and it came out to 36 and a half K. And I wow. thought, boom, what's this? And it was, and so that's what I did on my one year sobriety and Dana I know you're going to hear me on this one so because we share something so when I decided to speak publicly for the first time in a private mom group uh I it was at 11 months sober because I said I was super duper private about it because I'd failed so many times you know I just and I remember there were 8,000 women in this mom's group and I came out in this group and I posted a lot so a lot of people knew I was and so I said okay I didn't say I was an alcoholic I didn't say any of that I just said I stopped drinking and these and my life changed in these four ways or something and if you are curious or you would like to me to share my resources I'll share them with you 1500 women responded to that and I thought That's amazing and it was only 8,000 people in the group and so then I thought, I need to talk about, that's all it was, is I feel like there's a, you know, your body knows, right? I need to talk about this. And so on that one year anniversary, when I went and did my three, three big, huge walk, I also said to myself, I'm going to come out. I'm going to recover out loud. And so I had to go to my boss. And I said, I'm going to put this all over LinkedIn. I'm going to put it all over Instagram. I'm going to put it all over Facebook. This is a significant part of who I am. Cause at that point I also felt, felt solid. Cause I had shifted from how am I going to live without a life without alcohol to, I can't imagine a situation where I would choose to drink. Like, and so I just knew that I wasn't going back. And so I'm like, how am I going to talk? How am I going to, I'm going to lose my job, <laughs> you know? And so um, I talked to a few of my professional colleagues that I trusted and I hadn't come out yet. And all of them, well, all of them except one said, you're going to, you're going to commit career suicide. And I said, okay, let's do it. And so I said to my boss, this is what I want to do. And like, I, I was shaking, right? <laughs> I need to come out to the world and say all this and LinkedIn. And what's an interesting piece of information is that my boss is my husband. So it's his company. <laughs> and so he knew, he knew because he was riding shotgun to this, this ride, right? This roller coaster. 
but still it's his company. And with my role, um, I was vice president of relationship development. And so, you know, anyways, and so I was fully ready for him to say, okay, let's work on this. Let's figure out how we're going to have this conversation. And he said two words, do it. I was like, pardon me. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I thought I would have to, you know, you know, and he said, do it. And so I remember, I remember the post ladies, like I was on my computer and I was doing it like a Hootsuite, like cross social, all of them at the same time. Here's me, you know, and it was like the slowest post of my life. When it was gone, I shut my computer. I went out on my three, 36 and a half kilometer walk. It took six hours. I was, I, I have never experienced a day like that in my life. Bringing my child into the world was amazing. This was also amazing. It was, it was the same thing, you know, same kind of thing. And it was when I got home from my beautiful walk, it was amazing. I felt great. I saw my friends and I opened up my computer knowing that I had just committed career suicide, knowing that I was going to, you know, lose a bunch of friends and connections and all, and, and it would all be silent ghosting stuff, you know, just delete, 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 delete. And I got home to 7,000 messages of support. And I thought, this is my future. Yep. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And yes, I can, I can relate to that <laughs> going to my management and, and yeah, yeah. Telling my story and being like, what can I do with this? Right. Yeah. What, what can I do? And, um, Oddly enough, today we are launching the Oracle Alliance for Recovery. <laughs> so I am hoping to have the same response that, that you got. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally get it. And, you know, it's amazing how many of us are out there and, and, you know, to know like what Meredith was saying about hitting rock bottom, right? It's all relative to each and one, each one of us in it. And it's not, you know, homelessness or, you know, sitting under a bridge with a, a bottle in our hand most mm -hmm. of the time. And I think there's so many of us that feel so alone with that 3am shame game, because that's where I was at, right? I was at that 3am, like, and who knew that that was, that was normal for drinking. Like I had no idea. And everybody we talk to and the more that that we talk and and you know get people in recovery and talking about it it's it's I don't want to say normal but it kind of is and it mm -hmm. makes you feel not so alone and I think when we recover out loud like we have with the corporate workspace and with the yeah. other things that we're doing um really makes a difference and and makes it understandable that there shouldn't be any stigma right because there are so many of us that are dealing with it you know and and I commend you with your with your walking I'm a runner so I totally get it and you know I hear the kilometers I'm like oh, okay yeah I know that in miles an hour <laughs> so yeah that's amazing that's amazing thank you so Lindsay Tracy here um I mean was it career suicide though I mean, did you oh, still, no. were you able to, yeah, oh, right? I mean, were okay, you, but there's you a couple things that have that job? Yeah. Yeah, me. I do still have the job. Well, I mean, my boss kind of has a vested interest in me. <laughs> um, but still. But, it's usually. It's missing goal, right? You never know. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I do. And what's interesting is how the conversations have changed with the people with, with whom we do business. Um, I did have a couple people 
I say this respectfully, all of them were men who said to me, I'm not going to do business with somebody I can't drink with. So I got up and left. I've heard it too. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. But then I've had a bunch of other women say, uh, I'm having this problem. What do I do? Mm. And then I'll say, okay, well, come to She Walks Canada, come to a meeting, don't come to mine, you know, because we know each other and it might be difficult to share some of your stuff. But, you know, there's a bunch of other facilitators that you can go and hang out with. You know, and there's and then there's some other people who and I'm, I'm sure we've all seen this, too, where there's, you know, coexisting conditions um, and uh, and for those people uh, and Heather and Tracy, I know I know we, we share this as well. I said them to she recovers, you know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to go and check out she recovers because that was the group that really helped me in, in the beginning uh, of my journey as well. So. So the, in the workspace, yeah, you know, it certainly has been a challenge and, and I'm transitioning more into uh, my own coaching business and She Walks Canada and empowerment and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm moving in that direction. Um, but it's, it, whew, it's been a challenge. Yeah. Mm. I bet. Not for the that's for sure. I think one of the things too, that really impressed me and I almost, I'm, it's, it's so emotional to hear your aha moment. You know, I feel like I know I had mine and I think it's, you know, after repeatedly trying to not drink and, and going back, but there's just that, that moment when you, it's just enough and, and it's a switch or, and it's, they call it an aha moment. And I, I just, I really, I love yours and I love how honest you are with, with the pain points and, and, and knowing and feeling and seeing the direct results of your behavior and how it you know, your daughter at that age handed you a glass of wine. You know, this horrible words that you spoke to your husband that you can't take away. Mm -hmm. And all of these things, but that still didn't stop you. No. You know, and, and, and so important. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, but that, but you did have that moment and whether it's just seeing the teacups or whatever, but something clicked and you were just like, I'm done. And, and that's just beautiful. And then you had to work for it, but you had the desire. The desire was like, it was inflamed. And it's just so inspiring. It's, you know, you bring up a really great point. And I'm glad that you've just said that because I get asked this all the time. And I think I'm going to share it because you've just inspired this next little thing here. Is that, I call it the rock enough moment. And it's funny because you said the word enough. I didn't hit rock bottom. I hit rock enough. You know, enough of the 3 a.m. shame game. Enough yeah. of hating myself every day. Enough yeah. of the performing game. Enough of all the crap that we enough. put ourselves through. You know, and and so many people say, well, how did you how did you know that it was going to work? And the thing is, I didn't know it was going to work. No. In that moment, there was the aha moment that you're talking about. In that moment, there was an absolute surrender. And this is one of the markers that I see, I see within She Walks Canada, is that there, there are markers of women who tend to be successful in the recovery journey is they have that moment where there is a surrender you know versus yeah. hanging on to the anger about it all because I was so angry to be totally honest I was a bitter angry woman and there is just a release and it's almost like it's hard to explain because some people say God came in some people say the universe came in I for me personally I believe a, a, a shield maiden army of Vikings came in but that's a whole other story <laughs> you know but everybody has their own way in which they feel and see and believe that that aha moment yeah but there is a real surrender that happens a forgiveness I don't I don't I wouldn't have said it that way at the time 
But I, what it boiled down to for me was that it was in that moment, and this is only upon reflection and over time that I'm able to figure this out because it sure wasn't clear to me at the time. But I rendered shame powerless. Wow. I wish you I had said, you had said that you had tried. So that was your seventh attempt to get yep. sober. Like a number seven. Do you, do you feel though that, I mean, obviously it was different, Yeah. but all those other times that you tried to quit versus the time that you did, what was, what was different? Was it what you just said? I never had that moment, the aha moment. Like I never, okay. I never had the surrender, render shame, powerless moment. Um, and this is what I think is so important and integral to she, to she walks Canada is that the decision to transition away from alcohol or the decision not to drink is not a decision of disempowerment. Mm -hmm. It is an extraordinary sign yes. of, of empowerment. Mm -hmm. And, and this is where I, I, I struggle a little bit um, with the idea that we need to render ourselves powerless against alcohol. Because for me, I, that didn't help me in the moment. I needed to say for myself, I think I can do this. I don't know what it was, but for me, um, I needed to take a step of empowerment because I had completely disempowered myself every time, you know, I was my yeah. own worst enemy. And it wasn't until I could let go of the anger I had for myself that I was able to unput things. Oh, but that empowerment came after some time in sobriety. Oh, I mean, God. for me, it took almost like a year, right? So to feel empowered and that was to be able to, you know, be in places and situations with when everyone else was drinking, but I wasn't. And I stood so tall and I was, you know, had the best conversations. I mean, I was on top of my game because I was completely present and aware and I was making a choice that none, no one else was. And whether they needed to or not, I was making the choice that I needed. And I yeah. felt really empowered by that. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the word powerless to alcohol in the beginning for me was I had to admit that I was powerless to it, that it had controlled me and my sure. life had become totally unmanageable and that I couldn't just have one drink couldn't just have one bottle of wine that night, you know, and that's, and, and, you know, maybe one night I could, but most nights, no. So it, so for me, that word powerless was, I had to, I had to admit that I was powerless when it came to that, but in sobriety, I definitely found my empower, my empowerment. You, know, Tracy, you bring up another really great point, language. Everybody has a different attachment or understanding of language within this context. And so I'm so glad that you said that because my experience was that I I I found I find that phrase for me triggering while somewhere someone else may find that phrase very empowering. Some people find saying they're in recovery very empowering while while others may think that's not helpful. And so what I love about the conversation that specifically as women that we are able to have now is we recognize that there are different ways in which we recover. I call mm -hmm. for me in my own journey, I actually call it uncovery, like, cause I, <laughs> I need to uncover who I am. 
And that's what this process is for me. But I, but I also said in the first year of my journey that I was in recovery because I did have this mindset that I needed to somehow be rehabilitated. And that worked for me. That was really empowering. At this stage in my life, I'm just in a different phase. And so when people also talk about alcoholic or alcoholism, it's like, you know, like I just, I find that for me, sometimes those words can be triggering for members of our community. And so I love that there's this idea of alcohol use disorder for not an idea, it's a real thing, alcohol use disorder, because it really does address the spectrum of this issue. And Meredith, as you were saying at the beginning, you know, there's, there's people who hit rock bottom, there's people who hit rock it up, the whole, the whole kibit and caboodle, it could be anywhere there. And so sure, there's the gray area drinkers, and then there's people that that need or require medical treatment intervention and, and that kind of thing. Great, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we recognize in ourselves that alcohol is having a negative impact in our lives or the lives of people around us. And at what extent do we need the help to overcome that? If that's showing up to meetings and finding a so and walking and doing all that, great. If you need to go to treatment, great. If you want to do alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous, great. If you want to do she walks together, great. It doesn't matter. All that yeah. matters is that we get past over drinking. Yeah, I love the message that you have here and, and what you've been saying. And I think that this term of this concept of, well, first of all, the, the black and white, like you said, like it has to be this way or that way or this way or that way. And I think that has kept a lot of people in active addiction. And the idea of rock bottom for me was a very convenient tool to continue to go further. Oh, well, I'm not that bad. Or I haven't done X, Y, Z. I'm, I don't have a problem. So it was this powerful tool of denial for me that I could just continue to condone what I was doing because it wasn't that bad. Um, and so I love this concept, especially in the women's recovery communities. I don't hang out in a lot of men's recovery communities, so I can only speak for what I experience. in that we get to define this for ourselves. That is the empowerment that you get to say, um, this is what works for me. This is not what works for me. This is what I want more of. This is what I want less of. Um, and that we get to kind of make that decision. Um, and that's where the work begins, right? Like I totally tried to blow my life up. I could have come to a place much earlier, but I just didn't let myself do that. So for me, I had a different kind of journey and regrets about that, but that is, you know, it, it, it's where I'm at, you know? And I also did not know that you got a unicorn cake for the first year of sobriety, by the way. Like I feel oh. like I missed out <laughs> on the unicorn cake. Um, but, but Heather, that's, that's your journey. That's your I want the unicorn journey. cake. I'm going to have a six-year unicorn cake. Um, but what I want to hear from, because um, I think this is kind of the really powerful way in which you took what was happening and turned it into this movement. What does She Walks Canada look like? You mentioned meetings, which I didn't. So it's more than just walking. And then how do people participate? How do women participate? Thank you. So She Walks Canada is the a movement to engage, empower sober and sober curious women globally, changing their relationship with alcohol. And we do that in two ways. We walk the walk and talk the talk. And what that looks like for our, our participants is any woman anywhere 
can join our uh, virtual conversations. They're all held on Zoom and they're facilitated by certified life or recovery coaches in multiple time zones across Canada in uh, both French and English. Um, and it's in these calls that we have these conversations that we can't have with the people we love in our lives because we're afraid of shame and all that. And so we have these conversations, um, you know, how do we live our lives? Do I want this lifestyle? What does sober even mean? Um, how do I get sober? What resources are available to me? Maybe I need more than a support group. What does that look like? What books are you guys reading? You know, blah, 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 all of this. So we have these conversations. And right now our meetings are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And so that's what we have going on from the, from the group support perspective. Um, and we also do things a little bit differently. We have a unique brand of She Walks Canada coaching calls because all of our, uh, facilitators are certified coaches there is the aspect where someone can choose to vent in the meeting or they can choose to be coached in the group situation in the meeting they make that decision for themselves so there's there's that helpful aspect to it um and with the walking uh what was that what was your question about the walking so how does someone so obviously they can join and become involved yeah. in the meetings but if they want to be involved in this um walk that's going to happen in march and what does that look like right and so so what people do is they log on to she walks canada and register and so shewalkscanada.com and you register you create an account and you can make up your name or do whatever you want to do that's fine and then you log on to the site and log your kilometers every day and so that's where the walking happens and then the talking happens in the community in the group so that's what we mean by walk the walk and talk the talk yep so do the women like log their miles like you know when i think about are we sorry i'm just being pendant uh, you're trying to figure out like the structure of it so are you having like walk buddies are you walking by yourself are you yeah you know logging the miles what's that or kilometers yeah, it's, rather when we when we launched it was during covid where nobody could see each other especially in canada like our measures were like rigid right and so nobody could hang out nobody could walk together so but it worked and we got across canada three times and so what we're so everybody walks from where they are and you can find buddies and you can find buddies within the community to walk with you if you want to do that um but for the most part so many people find just walking the opportunity for them to clear their mind the opportunity to get out of the what can be triggering situations at home at work from the kids the routine the walking is our for a lot of us really the only time that we're by ourselves and can actually process our process and so you just log them put them on your phone or your whatever and then you log onto the she walks out website and put in your kilometers and so we have people that are walking individually but we are also in we have quite a few uh teams walking groups that are a part of our community as well so with us living in Abu Dhabi I mean is this something that you said it's global yeah. so I mean you, we could start walking groups here or we could check the website and see if there's any others here that are doing it Yes, that's right. Um, I don't know if we have any people in Abu Dhabi, but that's fantastic. Are you in Abu Dhabi right now? You have two. Yeah, Heather and I oh are. God, that's amazing. Yeah, and Heather, so. that's something else you and I need to talk about. We're uh, working in China. I didn't know we had that in common. Um, yeah. But uh, anyways, so yes, you can walk from anywhere. Right now we have participants in Australia, uh, New Zealand, Germany, UK, France, obviously a ton. Half of our participation is in the United States and Canada. Okay, great. That's what I know Thank about you. right now. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the act of walking is a bilateral exercise. And so in terms of brain development and trauma and all of those things, it actually stimulates both sides of the brain, which 
helps improve communication between the two, which helps process emotions and experiences. It helps to build the um, the myelin sheath goes between the right and left hemisphere. So there's actually a lot of physiological reasons why that is such a wonderful exercise because you're moving both sides of your body. So that's really cool. Yeah. Does that is. mean I running mean, speeds it up? Yeah, yeah it's okay. really fast. You're really <laughs> building my really, really, really no, quickly. <laughs> I, should I, remember I should also Forrest mention Gump. that during our walk, we have another we have more robust things in our in our programming. So when we are not walking, we just have our support calls. But when we're walking, we also have a bunch of in-conversation series. And that's where we have these recovery meetings like they look like traditional recovery meetings except in the in the um presence of someone who is a healthcare provider on some level and so we're able our participants are able to go to these meetings share their experience with a healthcare provider and get feedback and none of these things cost money and it's rare that we have the opportunity to actually get in front of these people and share our stories so that's one thing the other thing we're doing which I'm super duper excited about is we're having an author series and uh, we're, we've invited some authors to join us and have confirmed guests uh, to come in and speak with us about their recovery journeys uh, and their books. And confirmed, we have Anne Dosit Justin drank the intimate relationship between women and alcohol. She was my first book, you know. Uh, Lisa F. Smith, Smith, who wrote Girl Walks Out of a Bar, uh, another fantastic book. Um, Veronica Valley, Soberful, uh, will be joining us. And uh, we know that someone from This Naked Mind will be joining us as well. Amazing. And it's great to be able to, because for so many of us, books are yeah. one of the gateways into this lifestyle. And we feel like we know these authors, you know, I certainly, yes. I certainly did. And so it's a great opportunity to be in the same room with them and share with them how their, their books helped us on our journey. Women helping work. Lindsay, do you have uh, any sponsors, like big sponsors that you'd like to give some credit to or, or tell us or are they a private or is it doing it's a little bit mix of everything I mean it's just so amazing that you have support thank you so no we don't <laughs> we, and we don't you don't sponsors. no wow so this is all private the money that we receive are gifts and let me wow. explain uh because we are not a charity like we started last year you know like and like when we started this thing like it, it was literally Honestly, it was me and my, it was me at first. And then mm -hmm. I realized I was going to walk, she walked kind of right into a ditch unless I got some help. Um, and that's one of the other great things about sobriety is I learned how to ask for help. Um, and so I went to the only person I knew who could get me out of it. And uh, that was my dad. And he happens to have just an extraordinary amount of knowledge and risk assessment management and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so he helped me build She Walks Canada into what it is. And so when we first started, we had no idea if this was going to fly. We were literally throwing spaghetti against a wall, you know, really. And um, and we managed to raise $35,000 um, for people who just gave us money because we can't give tax receipts yet. Do you know what I mean? So Because we're not a registered charity. And so um, that is the game plan, you know, as we continue to roll along. It takes a very long time uh, to get the charitable status. But we are accepting donations because all of our programming is free everything that we offer so amazing so amazing. throw out kind of where people can find you personally she walks canada what where can people find you at so first of all i want to acknowledge our facilitators uh so the the my team that is on the ground on the boots in the rooms doing the work um 
and that's Alex Talbot, who facilitates on Sundays, uh, Michelle Hillier, who facilitates on Mondays, Julie Kirschke, who facilitates on Tuesdays, Jillian Ladano, or sorry, it's Jillian Ladano on Tuesdays and uh, Julie on Wednesdays. Um, I facilitate on Thursday. So first of all, that's my team. Um, you can find out information about them. All of them are certified uh, life and recovery coaches. You can have access to them through our website. Um, so our website is SheWalksCanada.com. Uh, you can log on and create an account and join us for our global walk around the world because as a movement, we are changing the way women can show up for ourselves uh, free from alcohol. SheWalksCanada on Instagram, SheWalksCanada.com. And lindsaysutherlandbowl.com if you want to check me out. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you so what much. What an inspiration. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your passion. And yes. more than that, thank you for taking what you went through and turning it into a movement to help other women. Um, because that is how we're all going to recover is by sharing our stories and helping others. Because I could not be here by myself. I had a lot of help along the way. And so, you know, like we have all committed to is to recover out loud so we can help the next sister in line. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Okay. See you Thank guys you. next week. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures. For more information and details on upcoming episodes, check us out on YouTube or Instagram at 4SoberChicks. That's number 4SoberChicks. We welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode.